Great. Thank you. Um, well, good evening. Welcome, everyone. Hope you can hear me. Um, hope that's all coming through. Okay, that's a good start. Um, great. So it's Good Friday. Um, and um, I just want to pray, actually, before I start, um, and just say, Father, thank you for this day, uh, for remembering what Jesus did uh, for us uh, all those years ago. Please uh, speak uh, through me now, uh, through your word. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Great. So uh, I wanted to talk about three things about Good Friday and why it's good news. And I wanted to speak uh, from Luke chapter 23, uh, verses 32 to 49. And the words will be on the screen. Great. Thanks. Um, so this is uh, Luke chapter 23. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with them. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. So I wanted to share three uh, things about why uh, Good Friday uh, really is good news for us. Uh, you've probably heard uh, that passage or one very like it many times uh, before, but um, I hope that this evening we can all see really why it is good news. So first of all, Jesus died in our place. There should have been someone else on that cross in between those two criminals on that day. Uh, that man should have been Barabbas, who you can read about earlier in Luke chapter 23. Uh, he was in prison uh, for being a rebel against the Roman Empire uh, and for murder. Um, he deserved to die. He was guilty and Jesus was innocent. And, but Jesus took what Barabbas deserved. Uh, Jesus was innocent and he died. Uh, and Barabbas was guilty and he went free. And um, 
in Romans, uh, Paul talks about how uh, we were enemies of God uh, when Jesus died for us, that we also deserved to die, but that Jesus took the penalty that we deserve, that justice was done and love was shown because, and because of what Jesus has done, uh, we can have a relationship with God forever. Um, and so we see that Jesus took the guilt and the shame and the curse that Barabbas deserved, um, while Barabbas got the release and the freedom and the life that Jesus deserved. And that's the extraordinary exchange that we can remember today and that can be true for us and true for me and true for you um, because Jesus died in our place. And so that's the first thing that we can remember this evening. And then what else can we remember? The second thing is we can remember that the taunts are true. Did you catch the taunts? The taunts of the uh, chief priests and of the crowds. They say, if Jesus really is who he says he is, then he would, because he saved others, he would save himself at this point. He would come down from the cross and he would say, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. And um, the criminal says that as well. And the soldiers say that. They all say, if Jesus is who he really says he was, then he would save himself. But actually, because their taunts are true, Jesus can't save himself because he is the son of God, because he is there um, dying to save us. Uh, he can't save himself. It's the whole point of why he is on the cross in the first place, taking what we deserve. And so let's remember that those taunts are true. Um, let's remember about that second criminal who he is guilty, but he sees that somehow Jesus can help him. He calls out to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this other criminal, he gets uh, this wonderful promise from Jesus. Truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. We might be tempted to emphasize the fact that, um, that he'll be in paradise. It sounds really great, but actually the best part of that promise is that Jesus says that that criminal will be with him. And that's what we get too. We get that kind of relationship with God because of what Jesus has done. It really is uh, that simple. We get to be with him forever. We get that kind of access. And that's why Luke mentions about the curtain of the temple being torn in two. Uh, all through the Old Testament, you can read about all of the animal sacrifices uh, that were needed uh, to try and gain access uh, for the high priest to gain access into the most holy place in the temple. And when Jesus dies, that curtain that used to separate people from God, um, that curtain uh, was torn in two. And we have access to God because of what Jesus has done. And then finally, we see that Jesus uh, lays down his life. He chooses to die. It's not how people normally died on crosses. People would normally try and hold on to their very last breath. Uh, but Jesus calls out in a loud voice and he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he breathes his last. Jesus chose not to save himself in order to save you and to save me. So that's the second thing. The taunts of the people are true. Jesus, in order to save others, Jesus cannot save himself and he chose not to and then thirdly 
And lastly, we never move on from the cross. If you've heard the Easter story more than a few times, you might be tempted to think that we move on from it, that we move on to something else, uh, that we move on to some maybe more advanced kind of teaching or something exciting and eye-catching, but we never move on from the cross. And Paul wrote some really strong words to the church, uh, to the Galatians. Uh, he uh, wrote some of the strongest words <laughs> in the New Testament um, to a church that was tempted to try and move on from the cross. Um, and this is Galatians uh, chapter 3, and the words will be on the screen for you. Um, have a listen to this. Um, people who are tempted to move on from the cross, Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And so Paul is writing here to a church that's tempted uh, to move on from the cross to, he says, you've started out uh, as Christians, uh, trusting in what Jesus has done and not in what you could do, uh, but actually you, you've moved away from that. You've started trusting uh, the works of the law or the works of the flesh, the things that uh, you can do to perfect yourself and to make yourself acceptable. And I wonder if we are sometimes tempted to do that as well. Uh, Tim Keller in his book uh, Galatians for You says something really helpful that I wanted to share with you as well. He says this, it is common for believers to begin their Christian lives by looking beyond themselves at Christ clearly crucified, relying on God's promise that Christ has taken our curse and given us his blessing. Oh. But as we go on, um, I know you on too many slides there, but as we go on, it is tempting and easy to look within ourselves, our own human effort, resting on our own performance to give us our sense of acceptability before God. Doing this makes us radically insecure. It cuts away our assurance and prompts us to despair or pride. And I don't know how you're feeling this week, uh, whether you have maybe been starting to rest actually in your own human effort to make you feel acceptable before God. Or maybe you've been despairing that God could never love you. Or you've been prideful that you've had a really good week. Actually, we have assurance tonight because of what Jesus did on that cross, um, that we trust him across. We never put it behind us. We never move beyond the cross. It's not the kind of ABC to the Christian faith that we move on from. It is the A to Z. It's the hope that we never move on from. And so let's uh, look again at Jesus. Let's remember uh, what he did for us. And the really good news is that we have something really simple that can remind us of that. Uh, we have uh, communion, we have bread and wine, and we're going to uh, kind of share that, eat that uh, now. Um, and uh, remember what Jesus has done. Remember that Jesus died in our place. He took our guilt and our shame away, that we would be free, uh, that the taunts were true, that Jesus couldn't save himself in order to save us, and that we don't move on from the cross. So just before we share communion, uh, before we uh, have the bread and the wine, um, I wanted to pray, and I wanted to leave a little bit of space for you to reflect as well, to maybe think about that quote from Tim Keller and whether that's uh, something that strikes you or 
just to come back to the cross and to remember what Jesus has done. So I'll pray and then I'll leave um, some a time of silence for you to reflect. Father, thank you for this physical reminder of the death of Jesus in our place so that we can be forgiven and enjoy life with you forever. Thank you for the bread that reminds us of Christ's body broken for us and the wine that reminds us of his blood shed for us. We're sorry for sinful thoughts and actions and the things we've not done or neglected. Please help us to know your forgiveness and to follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so we take the bread uh, to remind us of Jesus' body broken for us. It's a really simple, really practical reminder uh, that Jesus died for us. And Jesus, thank you for your body broken for us on that cross to set us free. And we remember the wine um, as well. This new covenant, this new agreement that we have um, with God. And Jesus reminds us that the bread um, was broken for him and the wine was poured out for him, uh, for us. Um, and so we thank you for this cup, for this new covenant, this new agreement. Uh, that we have, that our sins can be washed away. And let's uh, drink that with, with thankfulness. Jesus, thank you so much for these simple things that remind us of your uh, life poured out for us. Thank you.